I said, well, hell, I got it going on then. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Reload Podcast. Uh, Kyle Boone here again. Uh, we've got Ragu, Dustin Ragusa here for another episode. Um, we're talking some cow- uh, cowboy football. We're talking a little bit of recruiting stuff. And uh, Ragu, do we have anything to talk about? A little bit. There's there's a little bit going on. Uh, we got the Jalen McCleskey news. We got the lost attack and... Yeah, a couple updates with recruiting. So I, th- I think I think we've got enough. Yeah, yeah. So OSU, um, I think since we last podcasted, actually, OSU blew out Boise State. They got blown out by Texas Tech. And now we go into week five where uh, Oklahoma State <laughs> needs to beat Kansas. Um, <laughs> obviously, they need to beat Kansas because Kansas is, frankly, no good. But uh, a loss here would be pretty disheartening for OSU and for OSU fans uh, who after after a week ago after Boise State um, I think rightly so felt like this team could challenge for a Big 12 title and uh, two consecutive losses to Texas Tech and Kansas would uh, maybe put a damper on that yeah I think a loss to Kansas <laughs> would be pretty terrible that kind of uh, nosedive the entire season I think so hopefully that doesn't happen I don't think it will but yeah, the the tech loss was tough. I know I know you and I just from looking at our predictions and talking to you off air, both thought Oklahoma State was gonna handle tech pretty easily and that definitely did not happen. No. Shockingly. I was listening to uh, Carson and Kyle's podcast today and they were kind of saying, you know, it's a, a foregone conclusion, Kansas is Kansas, Lawrence is uh tough to play, but it's it's Kansas still, so it's whatever. And I feel like they're treating Kansas like I treated Texas Tech, which is like <laughs> I predicted like a 50-point blowout, and it'll be over by halftime, and we'll see Drew Brown, and it's going to be great. And it was like, frankly, not even close. So am I am I overlooking Kansas? Like the, the spread is only 15 points. And I am secretly like a little bit worried because there's some like funky – behind the scenes juju going on with the SOSU team that no one can quite pinpoint, but I don't feel great about it. Well, here's, here's kind of my thought on that. And I, I think I'm, I think I'm going to try to persuade you and might be able to back to the, uh, to the blowout side of things. <laughs> so Kansas against Rutgers and central Michigan had 12, I believe total turnovers in those two games. Mm-hmm. And they scored on almost every turnover inflating their points per game into like the high 30s so they're really only scoring if you take that away i look i I actually looked this up earlier they're only scoring about 20 points a game so it's still the same old kansas peyton bender their quarterback is garbage uh (laughs) an editor who let it out (laughs) their uh their backup uh miles kendrick is banged up he's Uh the freshman three star that came in and then their third string, Carter Stanley, has been getting on and off playing time for the past couple of years. So all they really have is Puka Williams, this yep. four-star from Louisiana he's running back. Freak, that's Yeah, he's awesome. He's really good. Um, but 
the, I, I don't. I'm not worried about Kansas because I don't think they're going to be able to score, and I don't think they've played anybody except Baylor that can pressure the quarterback that has pressured the quarterback. And Baylor got four sacks. Yeah, and I could see us doing something similar. Yeah, it depends on I guess if if Calvin Bundage is healthy. Yeah, um, that is true. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll talk, kind of rewind and go back to the Texas Tech loss. So, Ragu, I told you about the news about Angel Johnson and Blasting Game last week. I hope you have uh, done your homework. Uh, you may have heard the news that there's a new tax bill, but, Ragu, do you know how it'll affect you? Please give me the answer. I, I don't. Okay. I forgot. I, I, I knew this. you would not know the answer, but guess what? <laughs> Angel Johnson and Blasting Game, they do. Their firm of 10 CPAs and 22 total employees is one of the largest in central Oklahoma, and they've been hard at work calculating how these new changes will affect hardworking cowboys just like yourself. So feel free to give Cameron or Evan a call at 405-224-6363 or visit their website at ajb cpas Dot com. Again, that's 405-224-6363. Okay, we are back. Uh, Ragu, do you want to go back and talk about t- uh, Texas Tech a little bit? Yeah, that sounds good to me. I mean, what were you, what was your main takeaway from the game? Honestly, um, I think the biggest takeaway was the offense is just really, really bad. Um, it's just jumbled and mangled. Um from the quarterback position, which is uh, its own separate entity, I would say, <laughs> to uh, the offensive line, to play calling, it was all just kind of it's kind of gross. Um, so I don't know what was what was maybe like your one takeaway that that you got from the Texas Tech loss. I, I honestly think it was just the overall kind of game plan. Yeah, the way we attacked Texas Tech. Um, and I mean, and I guess the way that we executed it, but mainly the fact with not giving Justice more carries. I know that's been talked about a lot. Uh, Taylor Cornelius, I, the pass protection wasn't good. I'd rate it below average. Yeah. But I don't think it was bad enough to cause as many missed throws as he had. There was a lot. Uh, you know, and and just kind of just back to what I said. We just have to give the ball to Justice more. The 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 line blocked. I thought they run blocked okay. I I, I wouldn't rate it an A, yeah. but I probably wouldn't rate it a C. I think it was somewhere in between. And w- when you've got some of these holes, when I went back and watched that are opening up for Justice and him able to you know pop off these nine plus ten plus yard runs, why not just keep giving it to him? You know, sometimes he's not going to gain. Not nine, ten, twelve yards, but every and he's gonna pop one off like that, like he did. So uh, that just kind of blew my mind. It just kind of overall what we were doing on offense just kind of blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I think the stat that was of most note after the loss was I believe OSU didn't score over the final forty minutes of the game. Is that is that correct? I know yeah, they I, I know they is. didn't score in the second half. Um, just just terrible i mean it's like just could not get anything going and what's so crazy is everyone's like well the the run the run blocking stinks the offensive line stinks um but as my man porter has has uh astutely pointed out 
Justice Hill's averaging like seven yards a carry, and they're just not giving him the ball. So uh, the running game isn't really the problem. Like I, I think the problem is they're not dedicated to it. They're not uh, committed to running Justice and running JD and riding their dudes uh, in the backfield. And for whatever reason, against Texas Tech, they decided that they wanted to put the ball in Cornelius's hands and have him beat Texas Tech, and that that just um, that backfired. That didn't work. Yeah, if you're going to put the ball in Cornelius's hands, at least you know, do it with some quick short passing game like like Texas Tech was doing and let your receivers, your talented receivers make plays and get yeah. yards after the catch. And we definitely didn't do that. We dropped him back, had him read the field, which he's obviously not great at, right. and it it just didn't work out with those deep routes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I, my question to you because I feel like this is really the only thing um, anyone's interested in talking about, and frankly, it's the only thing I'm interested in talking about is, is Cornelius the long-term answer for Oklahoma State at quarterback? I, I don't think, not if they're going to do what they did against, not if they're going to play like they did against Texas Tech, if they're going to game plan like that. It, if they're go- they're going to have to figure out a way to get the ball into Justice Hill's hands and have Taylor Cornelius be more of a game manager type player. When I did when I did my pro comp for him, I compared him to Matt Hasselbeck, and I think Matt Hasselbeck's better than a game manager, but he's not the arm strength talent. He's not the athlete. He's just, you know, he was just a solid, little bit better than game manager quarterback that was able to take these teams with really good defenses, and these Seattle teams, really good running backs, and, you know, win games with that. And right. I think Cornelius has the skill set to do that. But I don't think he's the long-term answer for Oklahoma State's typical style of offense now. Yeah. I mean, in a perfect world, I imagined Cornelius as Alex Smith-like in that, yeah. um, like, for example, in Kansas City last year, like, they have Tyree Kill, they have Travis Kelsey, they have um, Kareem Hunt. They've got all these weapons around him. The defense was was pretty decent last year. Um I don't know statistics wise. I feel like it was pretty good, um, but but they didn't need Alex Smith to be Peyton Manning. They needed him to be a, right. a game manager. They needed him not to screw up. And I feel like Cornelius could be that guy that he knows the offense really well. He can manage the game. He can uh, not make dumb plays and keep OSU and its defense in the game. Um, but that kind of hasn't hasn't quite been the case. I mean, if you can't make intermediate throws, if you can't make uh, any deep balls, if you can't complete over 50% of your passes, there is no threat uh, in the passing game. And when you're OSU and you probably consider yourself to be um, most adept in the running game and, and probably that's your strength on offense – it really limits your um, overall ceiling on offense because teams can just game plan away and say, "Okay, well, we'll just we'll give you whatever whatever you want. Just beat us through the air." And Cornelius can't do that. So I get the sense that Cornelius, obviously, he's had a really long leash. Like, um, if I was Mike Gundy, I would have started Spencer Sanders like day one, um, which obviously that's. <laughs> You can't do that. Um, yeah. Or at least he can't do that. Um, but I get the sense that we may be in for a change, not this week, but maybe the ne- the next week. 
Um, yeah, I, I think I think something is is brewing, but I don't know I don't know when or or who or anything. Yeah, I think I think you're right about that. I think you give Cornelius, and I know it's Kansas, so he has a really good chance to look a lot better. But I think you give him at least another shot, and maybe even one more against Iowa State before you pull him, because you know he was he was kind of improving. I know not on the deep ball, but throughout the first three games, we did. S- at least see some improvement and then he just took up I think fell off a cliff basically in the second half against Texas Tech so if he can recover a little bit maybe I think you give him give him another shot another shot or two but yeah I do agree with you if if it doesn't improve I think you've got to make a change my one big take and I, I think you'll agree with this is one of one of the problems outside of the deep ball that I think Cornelius has is his pre-snap reads yeah He's not he's not able to make any adjustments and you can see it. He's not ever adjusting anything up at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. He's not ever hot rounding a receiver. And the one reason you wouldn't play a young quarterback is because they wouldn't have experience reading college defenses, defenses that disguise a lot, like tech, West Virginia. And so what's the difference about putting a younger guy in like Sanders? And I know I'm just completely skipping over Drew Brown. I just kind of wanted to make this point. What's the difference between putting in Sanders and putting in and having Cornelius out there if that's, you know, kind of the one spot that they both don't really excel in? A young quarterback's not gonna have a lot of experience reading defenses, and Cornelius obviously can't do it. How dare you so. downplay my man Spencer Sanders? <laughs> no, I mean he, he could come out there and <laughs> and know everything. I mean, he's probably much, much smarter than I'm giving him credit for right now. I'm just I'm just saying. I mean, you see, you kind of see what I'm getting at there with, yeah. with that. Kinda. Yeah, I just, I, I'm not ruling him out to win the Heisman in 2018. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, hey, I'm on board. Yeah, no. So, no, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I, I do think it, as you go on through the season, game by game, it makes it more difficult to switch quarterbacks because the redshirt rule makes it really appealing. It's like, well, if you're gonna play Spencer Sanders in game five. He's probably going to play at least five games, so why not just keep him on the sideline and ride out Cornelius? Like, I think at this point they're they're nearing the point of no return, to where I don't I don't know what you do. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to say that they mismanaged the quarterback situation, um, but I, I mean I don't know. It's just you don't really know what Spencer Sanders or Drew Brown can do, and that's. That's kind of the gist of it. I think I think fans and and even myself, it's like, well, let's just let's just see if Cornelius or or Drew Brown or Spencer Sanders are better, but we don't really know. And there's a lot of factors that go into it. I so, still think that I still think that we'll see one of those two uh, in the next few weeks. So what if what if Cornelius comes out Saturday? just right at 50% completion percentage and say he throws it around 40 times. So a little bit better than the Texas Tech game, but not by much. Goes for about 250, 260, two touchdowns, two picks. And Hill and the running backs have a solid day, so we still come out of Lawrence with a few touchdown victory. Do you think they give Brown a shot against Iowa State with a stat line like that? Or do you think Gundy blames him on the offensive line again? I think it depends on the stat line. Like, um, I don't remember the game, but for example, we'll just say um, against Missouri State that 
he played well, um, had good stats, but people noticed that he missed six throws and they were really bad. And he made a, a couple of really dumb mistakes that turned into interceptions. Um, if that happens, I can see Drew Brown getting a shot. If that that happens, he puts up a good stat line, and two interceptions are not his fault. Then I think I think Gundy's just gonna keep riding it. So I don't yeah. know. I I really don't know what Gundy's mindset is. Um, it's a tough with question. The, to with ask. This, it, it it is. It's a tough situation because you're. You're trying to manage your depth at that position because if Drew Brown plays more than four games, he won't be around next year. But right. as Nathan Ruiz of the Oklahoman wrote, um, if if he plays less than four games, there's a chance he could transfer again next year as a grad yeah. transfer. So like you're risking, you're playing risk reward on all these situations, and you're juggling all these balls. No one really knows what the coaching staff is thinking. Everyone knows probably what what people want, and that's more um, it's it's better quarterback play. So we don't know the answer to that. Um, so it's it's easy to play couch quarterback, in my opinion. I could play couch quarterback all the time, um, and <laughs> I, I would have started Spencer Sanders. Did you yeah. know that? Did you know I would have started no. Spencer Sanders? I would have started him too. <laughs> um. We kind of buried the lead. Jalen McCleskey is transferring. Um, Gundy announced it at his press conference earlier this week. Said that um, he didn't feel that OSU could get him the ball enough, more or less. That's uh, as what Gundy said. Um, this is this is not good news for OSU. It's not. It's not. It's not on several different fronts, but I, I think it's mainly not from inside receiver depth, which I know we talked about a little off air. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, they've got, so what they have on the most recent two deep at inside receiver is Dylan Stoner, who got banged up against Tech, Trayson Wallace, who's out for the season. Yep. He's going to have surgery soon. Jalen McCleskey, who's no longer on the team, and Landon Wolf, who's a walk on. And besides that, I don't even know who would be the next in line. I know they have several walk-ons that are smaller receivers who could play the spot, the slot. But outside of that, I'm not really sure what happens if somebody else goes down at the inside receiver spot. Yeah, I have, I have no idea. I think all options are on the table. Chuba could play some <laughs> slot receiver, oh, um, which awesome. I would love. Why don't we put John, John Collar out there? See, see what he can do. Oh, JK? Um, JK. I don't think he's trying to preserve a red shirt. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I, I think they're in serious trouble. I think we could see more uh, Jelani Woods, potentially, more more Cowboy back uh, lining up as a receiver. I, I think I'm fascinated by that. So, yeah. um, But that is not good. McCleskey was the leading returning receiver from OSU last year. Um, <clears throat> he was the, I believe, was the third most targeted receiver uh, this season, um, which is which is fine. Uh, I think he was probably expecting to probably be number one or number two in that category. And Tylen Wallace emerging as a superstar probably played into that to some degree. Uh, Wallace has like 50-plus targets through four games. And uh, I think Stoner has somewhere around 24. McCleskey has somewhere around 22, 23, something like that. So... 
Um, I'm sure that played a factor. He wants to have a career in the NFL, and obviously he he felt like that OSU wasn't going to give him the best shot to do that. So he's going to redshirt the remainder of the year. He played four games, did not play five, will not play five. He played his last career game at OSU, at OSU against Texas Tech. Um, so a, a really bad loss for OSU at inside receiver where they really are struggling with depth. Uh, Stoner is not 100%. Landon Wolf is is going to be the name to to watch moving forward. I think he's he's going to immediately get a lot of work. Um, oh yeah, next week against Kansas. And for those who don't know, Landon Wolf, former walk on, who who earned a scholarship, had a lot of rave reviews last season. Going into the season, didn't end up painting out very well. Obviously, because they had a couple guys named Marcel Aitman, James Washington, Chris Lacey, uh, Jalen McCluskey, those guys. But uh, Landon Wolf could be in for a significantly increased role in OSU's offense. That'll be interesting to watch. Um, Ragu, let's hear one more word from our sponsor, and then we will we'll go ahead and wrap up this week and uh, and then get some, some dinner. Uh, I've already told you about Angel Johnson and Blasting Game. You remember, right? I, I did, but you're going to have to tell me again. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you read this ad next week. <laughs> Uh, you may have heard the news that there's a new tax bill, but do you know how it affects you? Angel Johnson and Blasting Game, they do. They've got a firm of 10 CPAs and 22 total employees. It's one of the largest in central Oklahoma, and they've been hard at work calculating how these changes to the new tax bill will affect hardworking cowboys just like yourself. So feel free to give Cameron or Evan a call at 405-224-6363 or visit their website at ajb-cpas.com. Again, that's 405-224-6363. And the website is ajb-cpas.com. Uh, Ragu, before we get out of here, uh, final thoughts. Do you have any recruiting uh, content that you are interested in? I know you were talking about Marcus Watson earlier. Yeah, that was uh, – so Marcus Watson, he's taken four of his total five official visits. He's gone to Oklahoma State. He was in town when uh, a lot of the basketball guys were there, the Boone brothers, Avery Anderson. Um, as you know, Avery committed right after that, so that was huge. And all signs have been pointing to Georgia Tech for Marcus Watson. He's a Georgia product. Yep. But basically every article and every expert take that I see says not to count out Oklahoma State. I think they're like at 33% on the crystal ball predictions, but I know that one of those predictions is from GoPokes, so you got to kind of take that with a grain of salt since that's Oklahoma State site. Yeah. But the the national recruiters all seem to think he's going to Georgia Tech, but as we've mentioned on here, he's Mike Boynton's cousin. Yep. I'm sure they'd figure out a way to open up a spot for him. He's a four-star wing, solid player, uh, got incredible hops. Literally all of his highlights are dunks, but he can do other <laughs> stuff as well. And he uh, he would be a huge get, and it sounds like he's got an Oregon visit coming up in three weeks, but everybody is assuming that he's not going to actually take that visit and commit early or commit before that. And it looks like it could be Georgia Tech or – Oklahoma State, so that that would be pretty cool. 
So if you were placing a line in Vegas, setting the line for Marcus Watson to Oklahoma State, what's what's the line at? Do you know how to do that? Do you know what a line is? Yeah, okay. I just, I just, I think, I think it's pretty heavily favored to Georgia Tech. I, I don't even know if I, I don't know if I'd even give the Pokes much of a shot. I just wanted to point out that that it seems like they're still kind of hanging around there. Well, he's been, but, he's been to OSU several times. Like he's yeah. he made an official visit to OSU um, for I believe it was the Boise State game which happened to be a very good game to be at. And he was with Avery Anderson and Caleb Boone and Keelan Boone. Uh, so several OSU recruits and commits. Um, and yeah, I mean, I like, I think there's a chance that OSU could sneak in and get him. I think, honestly, I think this could potentially all come down to whether or not Michael Weathers is still on the team yeah, for OSU. So I, I don't know that there's a scholarship open right now. Is there? No, there's not. Yeah. Not currently. But, I mean, you got to figure out something. Yeah. You got to figure out a way to get him on there. Yeah, he's he's a dude. So we'll he's see, dude. though. That would be huge. He is a dude, for sure. Um, all right. Kansas this weekend, do you have any final predictions? What's your score prediction? I'm going to go 42-17, which I believe is right below the over-under. Yep. And that – has Oklahoma State covering because I think the spread is 17 right now 17 or 18 yep so um yeah I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the pokes and I'm gonna take them big uh I just don't think Kansas has anything in the passing game and if their backup their speedy quarterback can't come in for some change of (laughs) pace stuff then because he's hurt I, I don't think they have any shot I'm going 30 to 27 Kansas I think I think there are some Can- Kansas. Yeah, I think there's some real problems with this OSU team. Whoa! I do not feel good about this game at all. And OSU has struggled in Kansas, like historically, even under Mason Rudolph, they have had some struggles. And going into this game, obviously Kansas doesn't have momentum. They just lost to Baylor, but whatever negative momentum OSU has is just magnified 10 times by the fact that the quarterback situation doesn't seem to be settled. Um, the offense just is, is not, is not hitting on all cylinders. The offensive line is, is not working out well. There's there's the special teams has not begun. I, there is just a lot of things that I think could go wrong and, and potentially will go wrong in Lawrence on the road. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, Kansas gets the better of this one. Hey, I'm I'm all here for those kind of takes because that is not what I was expecting. But I hope that doesn't happen because then we're all the uh, everything is fine, but the house is on fire meme. So yeah. Well, last week I picked Texas Tech to literally lose by fifty, and so <laughs> hey, maybe I'm doing a reverse jinx, and maybe OSU is going to come out rocking, and Spencer Sanders is going to trot out for the first snap, and it's it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I have no idea what to Dude, expect. These these end of podcast takes for me right now are hot. <laughs> hot. I know. I'm sorry. I should have I should have brought these out early. <laughs> well, I'll try to do better next week. No, that sounds good though. Okay. All right. We will see you uh next week then. Sounds good, brother. Okay. Thanks, Ragu. See ya.